Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome to another episode of Rock That Relationship. We are excited about today's session. We are on with an actual love coach, Carissa Montooth. We are so thrilled to be able to have such a great conversation about finding love. So Carissa, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what drew you to being a love coach? Absolutely. I would love to. And thank you so much for, for to you both for having me here. This is really exciting because I love, 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 love to talk about love. <laughs> Um, obviously, obviously, right? <laughs> so my background is that, um, I, my academic, my academic background is that I have degrees in counseling and in psychology. And my fam, my healing background is that I'm a sixth generation energy healer. So I come from a, a legacy of healers. So the women in my family going six generations back were very much spiritually aware people. Wow. Um, they were, you know, they were doulas, they were midwives, they were herbalists, they were, um, they were energy healers in, in a lot of different ways. So that's my healing legacy that came uh, from that side. And when I was growing up, I really felt like we were weirdos because we were always kind of like that family mm-hmm. on the, on the, like on the outskirts of town, you know, like come at night, you don't want people to know that you're there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so as I was growing up, I was thinking like, well, I'm going to do this legit. I'm going to, you know, get out here and get degrees and, and do this mm-hmm. like where people will respect what I'm doing and that kind of thing. And and so I got my degree in psychology. I got a degree in counseling. And then I started to teach in community colleges. I was teaching in the community college system. And I had a course that was about um, like welcome to college, kind of like an intro to college course. And uh, it talked about how to match your career path with your values. And I would find that a lot of times the women in class, I, I would talk about certain personality types, you know, and how they're good for different careers and how you match those things up. They'd come up to me after class and they would say, you know, I think I'm this personality type and I think my partner is this personality type. So how do I talk to them about, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, I know how to help you, but I can't do it in this setting. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of what led me to thinking, okay, how can I talk to women about love in a setting that, that is okay for that? So I was just kind of, uh, you know, beginning without really any, <laughs> you know, I didn't have any roadmap as much as I, I had written about careers and all these other things. It was like, well, what, how do I start <laughs> As a, as a love coach, like, what is that even, what is that even, <laughs> you know, how do we begin that? Yep. And I started to, um, there were a few women that I had connected with online that had questions about dating and stuff like that. And so I started to work with them. Um, but I was still keeping it really kind of straight laced and just really more in terms of like mindset and communication. And these are places yeah. you can go and this is how you can put yourself out there more and those kinds of things. And then I had a client who was really in, um, she was really struggling with heartbreak from a relationship that she had come out of. And I knew that we needed to, to focus on that. That could, we couldn't just look at mindset there. We couldn't just think, well, what can you do differently? She needed healing. She didn't need, you know, just, um, how do I reframe the situation? She didn't need that. (laughs) You know, she, she needed that deeper. How, how, how do I restore my, my belief in love being possible for me. How do I get relief from the pain, you know, of this yeah. breakup and the, the feeling of, of abandonment? Um, and really like, how do I, what she really needed was like, how do I uh, forgive love? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? So I was like, okay, I talked to her and I was like, there's something that we can do that's going to seem very woo woo here. But if you're game for this, we can do this together. Would that be okay? Um, and she agreed. And so we did some deep energy work around it. And the next time she came in for a session or the next time we connected rather for a session, she was like, I don't know what you did last time, but we should have been doing that from the very beginning. Like, let's do that every time. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> this is what I need to be doing. So I, I ended up carving out this space where I know there are a lot of um, love coaches or dating coaches 
and there are a lot of energy healers, but there aren't a lot of love healers, which is mm-hmm. where I see where the space where I operate is in the middle of those two things because I help women really, um, I help women to heal their hearts and then attract the love that is the right person for them and then be able to not self-sabotage, right? To be able to actually be mm-hmm. in that that sense of self, that strong sense of self and have all of the pieces of them back so that they can go into love whole, you know, mm-hmm. and and really just be able to see it as a journey really into like loving themselves more deeply rather than like the destination is I'm going to meet this person and then I'm going to feel worthy. You know, then I'm going to feel like I can, I can put my bags down. I can, you know, then I'll be fine. I'll I'll just get there and I'll stop. It's more like these different people coming into our lives are manifestations of love, but the real journey is like, we're loving ourselves most, the most deeply. We're making ourselves the most important person in our lives. And that's a tricky thing for a, a lot of women hmm. that a lot of us struggle with that, you know. So um, I feel really, really honored uh, and grateful to be able to do that work. Wow. That is really, I mean, the intersection of that is just so incredible um, because I think it really resonates with me, this idea of it's not just like, here's 10 tips for getting back out there and dating, but it's really healing the wounds inside to love yourself, you know, as part of that whole entire process. Well, yeah. Can I, so you appear to be, I'm just making an assumption, but you have a um, African-American background. Is that, am I right about that? And so do you Mm -hmm. find, you said you're so sixth generation of spiritual healers. Do you draw from that? Like I'm kind of getting this, I don't know, picture of like, you said you're on the outskirts of town and people coming over and like, really, I think there's such a richness to that. And like, it's that community seems to have more of a kind of a spiritual connection in a way, or maybe to an ancestral thing. Do you feel that? Did you feel that? Like, I definitely, yeah, there, I definitely see a difference in terms of like ancestral connection with my background than I have with a lot of other uh, cultures, just, um, mm-hmm especially just I think it's it's a thing of like um for me for my family are when I talk about being on the outskirts of town I'm like literally talking about the outskirts of town like my grandmother uh I would go visit her every summer she lived in Ohio and she lived uh about 50 miles away from um Ripley Ohio which is right on the uh Ohio River with Kentucky on the other side and our, you know, my great, 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 great grandmother, uh, um, came out of slavery over the Ohio River out of Kentucky <laughs> into mm-hmm. Ohio. So I would go to the, the stop on the Underground Railroad, which was, um, <laughs> the Rankin cabin, which is like in Ripley, Ohio, it was a huge part of the Underground Railroad. And just like growing up knowing the history that far back of my family and, understanding what that like looking out at the river that my ancestor crossed you know mm-hmm. to 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 go into freedom and and being in the the home where where she was hidden i mean she was mm-hmm. she basically had you know two twin daughters and they uh waited till it was frozen and they came across the river you know mm-hmm. they were they were stopped in that house and you know i i drove there in a pt cruiser so it was like to to be there and I, there's no way that I, I think I could have grown up in my family without a connection to my ancestors my grandmother was constantly every time I would spend summer with her I would always just have a recorder on the table and she would just talk to me about relatives and then she'd be like and your great great grandpa Ovi you know, he built that barbershop out here with those bricks. Uh-huh. And, you know, she lived on, uh, on when we went to the uh, cemetery there it was like generations, generations, generations back. Yeah. I could, I could find, oh. you know, their, wow. their, their graves. And so it's always been like, my ancestors have always felt very real to me, very much mm-hmm. like a part of my family that I just don't get to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, part of that is cultural, but part of that, I think, is my family, you know, yeah. that, that there's still that connection there. 
the the people who make the gravestones there in um in Hillsborough, Ohio, where my grandma was from, they've been they're a sixth generation family too. So when I went to look for people who I couldn't find who are in my family, they just pulled out all their records. <laughs> they were like, oh. oh yeah, so <laughs> you've got these some of your people are buried next to these people, but they don't have any markers. But you can find them if you look for this person's marker, and you can find this person next to this. I mean, like they had all the hits like years, you know, hundreds of years back, you know. So yeah, I think part of it is just that that's kind of unique uh, to be able to have that um, touchstone that goes mm-hmm. back so much further. Yeah. But I think that definitely there is a um, a cultural difference in terms of like reverence for ancestors, ancestral veneration, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and bringing ancestors into a, a current you know healing practice. Definitely, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it, that's so interesting and different and also so rich, right? And to see like, okay, we are one of many generations, right? And our problem seems so overwhelming to us at the time, but it's like, really, you can bring that kind of knowledge of like, it's not to dismiss, but like, this isn't unique that there are people who've gone through this before. We have, you know, people get through these things. I feel like, that would be very important for me. And I don't have that kind of, you know, historical background at all. So it's kind of, we just well, appeared but, out of nowhere. But you do have people in your family who, I mean, I, I, there is, you have ancestors who mm-hmm. have given you things that are still with you now, whether you met them or not. There, there, there were uh, studies that were done on white mice and cherry blossoms. I don't know if you're familiar with these and maybe I can uh, try to find the link for you, but it was um, the, and hopefully I'm quoting this right, but there were studies done with cherry blossoms and white mice where what they did was in, they they put the white mice into uh, an enclosure and they put cherry blossoms in and every time the mice would come close to the cherry blossoms, they would get an, a little electric shock. And they did that until all the mice in the enclosure learned that I can't come close to these cherry blossoms or I'm going to get shocked. So they all avoided it. They took those mice out of the enclosure, all of them, put them in a different enclosure with no cherry blossoms. They all, you know, mated, had babies, had little mice babies. They took the babies out immediately, put them into a different enclosure and without the parents. And when they put cherry blossoms into those enclosures, those mice would not go near the cherry blossoms. Hmm. So they hadn't been taught from their parents. They hadn't been taught. They they didn't have it from their own experience. So, but it was still in them, you know. Uh And I think that 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 we operate in a similar way, where there are certain Mm -hmm. things that we're like, we just don't, you know, we we certain things that we might avoid, or certain things that we might be really drawn to because of things that are still part of us that come from our ancestral line. And that's a a big part of us. And sometimes that that heartache comes up in that where it's like if you have a history in your family of broken relationships, if you have a history in your family of abandonment, if you have a history in your family of of being displaced or trauma or anything like that, you know, even if it's something that you might not be aware of, it can (laughs) show up in terms of your relationship, how safe you feel that the world is shows up in your relationships, how safe you feel it is to be um, a woman, how safe you feel that it is to practice your, your spirituality or how safe you feel that your sexuality is, uh, how, how safe all of those things are in the world can have to do with how you actually show up in relationships. Wow. And that's so interesting. And you use the term sustainable love. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, is that, what, what do you mean by that? And like, how do we attract that or look for that? And do we need to deal with our past stuff or our generational stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're always bringing that with us, right? No matter where we go. And it's like, that's part of the reason why I never tell people like, oh yeah, I'm going to get you the very best. Um, we're going to do a template for your online dating profile. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> you know, that's not really what it is, right? It's mm-hmm. like, to be amazing but we are online who we are in the world and you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna attract whatever is the 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 vibration that matches ours you know it's like mm-hmm. we all read each other subconsciously and we're like ooh, 
this feels like chemistry, but it's like, actually our subconscious is going, Ooh, they have the same wounds as me. And that feels familiar. You know, um, so when I talk about sustainable love, what I'm talking about is like us being in our strongest sense of self. And then we're bringing that into the world. So we're attracting someone else who is also in their strongest sense of self. Mm. Because those two people can actually, it's not like they'll never have problems, but they'll handle them in a healthy way. And it's, it's not, um, it's not the kind of thing where self-sabotage is constantly nipping at our heels hmm. because we're like, this feels really good, but it does not feel familiar at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's the biggest, <laughs> the, the biggest thing that makes love sustainable isn't that it's like a particular quality of the relationship itself. It's more just like who I am. I am becoming a person who can sustain a healthy relationship, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I do that? I do that by healing the things that that, um, I've been carrying with me from the past, healing heartache, healing. uh, If I have ancestral issues that are going on, I want to heal those things. If I have, Currently, I have an energetic tie still to an ex where I feel like I'm still um, married to them, even if we were never married or mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. Um, it's sometimes people even have in, in their energy, they can even have vows of marriage to someone that they were never legally married to. They can have a vow of mm-hmm. chastity that they've brought mm-hmm. forward with them that makes it like they have difficult, uh, they can have a difficult problem in a relationship now. Um, so there, there are a lot of energetic things we want to clear up. And then there's this understanding and how the, the, that's the first part is the energy stuff and the deep healing stuff. The second part is what is our vision for what we want? Because a lot of times we know what we don't want based on what we experienced in the past. And we're super clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. We're very clear. We're like, never again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in that situation, you know? <laughs> But if we can flip that to be like, okay, so that was, you know, uh, the situation with that person was that maybe they were very emotionally immature. They didn't deal with their stuff, whatever the thing is. So what is that? What is the flip side of that? Right. Hmm. What is it that I do want that I'm moving toward? Uh Not just like, what am I moving away from? So it's what's this clear vision of what I want. And then what is that? What would that feel like for me to have that? So the vision is the second part. And then the third part is what does the practice, the daily, weekly, and monthly practice of self-love look like in my life? Mm-hmm. So it's not just a thing of like, oh, I've got to love myself because that's great. But what does it actually look like? <laughs> you know, because yep. sometimes right. is like, it can be all the things like there's this whole umbrella, right, of self-love. And self-care is part of it. That should be under it, right? I'm taking care of my body in these different ways. But so is saying no. So is having boundaries. You know, there are all these things that are under self-love, that umbrella. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, that's a part of it too. Because a lot of times what I find is that I will introduce someone to like a deeper practice of self-love. And they will be very consistent with that until the new person comes into their life. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it goes out the window and the focus becomes like, how do I show this person I'm worth loving? Right. Yeah. And it's really like what happens then is it changes the entire vibration of that relationship anyway, because what they're doing is they're saying, I was loving myself until someone better came along for me to love. Hmm. Oh. Wow. So, so we have to go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, so how do you get, <laughs> how do you get people that like, how do you identify like the energy that's maybe holding them back or those ties that they have? Or how do you, how do you help people identify maybe where that self-love is that they need to go? Or is there a sort of some general things that just kind of apply to most people? Both. Um, I actually use both of the, There are definitely general things that apply to most people. And I, I found about 20 sort of common beliefs that I see in women that I usually kind of work on first as a, um, like a best practices kind of like, this is how we're going to set our foundation for the healing as I work on those things. And a lot of them have to do with, um, with our perception of our bodies Mm -hmm. and whether we feel like our bodies are worth loving, 
whether we feel like our bodies are attractive. <laughs> Some of them have to do with age, where we feel like, uh, well, I've aged out of that part of my life where I'm allowed to have that kind of romantic feeling, deeply satisfying <laughs> love. Some of them have to do with like, well, I had a soulmate once, so I guess I only get one. So I, I you know, I guess I'm not going to get to have another one. Um, some of them have to do with, well, if it hasn't happened now, it probably will never happen if it hasn't happened by now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have to do with whether or not women have kids and they feel like, you know, well, now that I have children, nobody would want to be with a single mother. Um, so there are a lot of like kind of base beliefs that are mm-hmm. kind of common that I start with. But then I use, um, I use a, a process called muscle testing to kind of connect to that person's subconscious what are what are the beliefs that are going on that they're not even aware that they're acting from so we go really deeply into muscle testing and I teach them how to muscle test because it's a tool that they can use going forward and what it does is it tells us because our bodies and our subconscious mind are so connected it's like we can actually use our body to see what's in our subconscious mind and it's not going to, our conscious mind and our subconscious mind have no idea what's going on between the two. Like they are mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're like not really that connected. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, 10, 10 to 20% of, of what's driving our behavior is in our conscious mind. And like, you know, 80 to 90% is coming from our mm-hmm. subconscious. A lot of times it's like, we're trying to avoid an urge or we're trying, we're drawn to something, but it's like a subconscious motivation mm-hmm. that's pushing us, that's compelling us in one direction or another. And we're, not aware of it because it's subconscious like literally we're not aware of it right so it's mm-hmm. like we can go into our bodies and go okay is this thing true for me or not and we can see by the way that our bodies respond so when I do muscle testing with someone I will usually have them do like a ring test where they're linking it's like two okay signs and then they're linking their hands together and if they're really well hydrated and we can find the spot where we can see the the difference with a strong response or a weak response, which is sometimes, you know, um, linking at the thumb and the the pointer finger, but sometimes it's the thumb touching the, the middle finger or the ring finger. We're just trying to find this the spot where, you know, our muscles get stronger in response to, they contract more strongly in response to a statement that we agree with. And they get a little bit weaker in response to a statement that we don't agree with. Hmm. And so when we say a statement, and then we test in our bodies, we can see that response. How do I feel about that statement really on a subconscious level? So we do that with muscle testing, and then we can see things that are going on with someone that they might not have even been consciously aware of. And we can even test, I've tested with people where they test more strongly in their native language than they do in English, if English okay. is their first language. Um, we can test what someone's name, you know, uh, is this, if it's your nickname and we test, uh, my name is, you know, we use the nickname. My name is Roxy. You know, we text, test that nickname. They're going to, it's going to say no. And, you know, it doesn't, it, it will, your body just responds by saying, this is what's true for me. This is what feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't give us empirical truth. It just gives us, this is what I believe is true, you know. Mm-hmm. But so it's not always helpful in terms of like, it doesn't make us into an oracle, but it's helpful in terms of like, it tells me what I believe that's under the level of my conscious mind, you know, and then we can get to things that are, that maybe sometimes people might have been unaware of. I've even tested with people where we've, we've discovered that, you know, they had a miscarriage that they weren't aware of and they went back and, and, and went through their history and went, oh my God, that's what this thing you know, their body went, yeah, we we had a miscarriage. And they were like, no, I'm not aware of that. And then they went back and looked and it's like, oh, yes, I did. That's what this, you know, period of bleeding was about that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Or that's, you know, what this other thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so our bodies are just so incredibly wise and so entwined with our subconscious because our subconscious is what's keeping our body alive. You know, we're, we're our subconscious is controlling our breathing and our heartbeat and our digestion and you know, how we respond, whether it's a fight or flight thing or whatever. It's like our, that all is, those are all autonomic nervous system responses, you know? So it's like, we're not thinking about that, but our, there is a part of our spirit that is still, you know, making those things happen. So we connect to that to find out what's going on. And then we connect an energy with permission so that I can clear certain things for people. So that's the other part of it. So first we have to find what's there. 
but then we have to clear it out if it's unnecessary. Wow. It's amazing, amazing process. And the depth of that is just mind-blowing. Wow. It's really fulfilling work because it's like some of these things that prevent us from having the love we want as adults happen before we had language to describe them. So when we are doing this deeper work of like what's going on and connecting with people's bodies, they can go, we can test like this thing happened when I was one. And we'll be like, no, <laughs> this thing happened when I was two. And we'll get a no. This thing happened when I was three. And we'll get a yes. Okay. This thing happened when you were three, you know, um, and we can, then we can figure out, do we need to deal with this in terms of like going back and uh, collapsing the intensity of this event, which is something that we do or do we need to go back and clear a specific belief that came out from this event? Mm-hmm. Do we need to energetically huh. bring in a person into the room for you to have this a conversation, a healing and closure conversation with, you know, that makes that helps you to release it? Or is this the kind of thing where, you know, we, you being aware of it is so, so much of a breakthrough that you're like, what would have happened when I was three? Oh my God, mm-hmm. that was when my parents mm-hmm. got divorced. And that was mm-hmm. when I went to live with my dad. And that's when this thing happened. You know, it's like sometimes just being aware of that and letting it come up to the surface is healing enough because it's like that moment of insight and tying all, connecting all of those stuff together. And people go, no wonder. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever heard, this is what I heard in couples counseling once, when it's hysterical, it's historical. So when your reaction to something that somebody does is historical and you may not even realize it, right? And so I always keep that in mind, like when someone's or myself, it's really reacting to something and you're saying there might even be something in there that we don't even remember why we're like things, triggers come up, right? In relationship and in relationship, it seems like so many triggers are coming up. It's like people trigger each other in so many ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we can have things and go, I, I, that's exactly true. That what, like if it's, if your response to the situation is completely disproportionate to what just was said or what just happened, mm-hmm. it's like definitely mm-hmm. historical. Right? Yeah. It's definitely like, and it might be from before the relationship happened, or it might be something mm-hmm. like, in this relationship, I've been suppressing something and not speaking about it. Yeah. Right. So like sometimes that, that can be what's happening, but definitely like there, and it impacts all different areas. Like how our healing of those things impacts so many other areas of our lives besides love. You know, it, like it, I remember when I first started working on actually doing what I do professionally. I had, I kept coming up against all of these income blocks where it felt like there was a ceiling and I was trying to figure out, well, what's going on? I can tell I'm good at what I'm doing. I know that it's helping people because they're telling me it's helping them. I'm seeing the results of that. So what is going on? What is this block that I'm hitting? And I started to do the, some of the work, uh, specifically on myself and what my beliefs were about what I deserved and what I could have. And I found huh. beliefs that were like, it's dangerous for black women to be visible. It's dangerous huh. for black women to be successful. Huh. It's dangerous for black black women. It was like, I kept finding they in my head, huh. but not knowing who they was. So it would be like, they won't let us have this much. Huh. They won't let us do this. You know, um, they're going to, they're going to hurt us huh. if, if, if we're too visible. You know, it was, it was like these kinds of beliefs. And, you know, now we're seeing so much more of an acknowledgement of history in terms of like wiping out of entire communities of successful black people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. historically of land and land being taken and, and, and people being killed, you know, mass killings and, and these kinds of things. I, when I did deeper research into one of my grandparents who was always kind of an um, an enigma to me because no one could tell me anything about his history. I found records that showed that he came from Rosewood, which was Mm. one of the places Mm. where that was done, where Mm -hmm. it was like an entire community of Black people were killed. Community killed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. 
Right. <laughs> That's in your mind, right? The yeah. Don't draw attention because they'll be attacked. But so then you like, never knew that, right? I didn't know that. I hadn't lived through, you know, that that kind of a, a thing happening in history. And um, for the most part of my, you know, my life, the racism that I had experienced wasn't a direct threat to my physical safety, you know? So in terms of like, oh my gosh, this, you know, I could die in this situation, you know? But having that understanding that that hmm. happened, I, I could then look back at my own uh, beliefs and I could uh-huh. do that energy work for myself and go, oh, okay, this is not uh-huh. something, this was a, uh, something that came up to protect me, but it's actually maladaptive in this situation. I don't need to be, uh-huh. that doesn't need to be my focus right now. Uh-huh. You know? So does that tie in like with, uh, you know, like this idea of self-sabotaging and dating, like, are we pulling from old wounds we might not even know about and like subconsciously doing this self-sabotaging or are there some things that we're just literally, we're just self-sabotaging, like calling off dates that we planned on Friday night, like those real kind of more surface level, or is it really mostly self-sabotage coming from these deeper kind of ancestral and, you know, kind of unhealed wounded, you know, ties? Well, I think some of it, there's definitely an ancestral component with some of it, right? But that varies from person to person because of whatever their ancestors experienced, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, I have clients that come from all different cultural backgrounds, you know, so it's like how much of it is part of this person's experience, how much of it is part of this person's experience can be different. But in terms of like what happened in our family of origin, we always have digging to do there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we always think that it's going to be like, it's about this ex, you know, it's about this yeah, ex right. and, and what happened with them and, you know, how that means. And it's like, it's never about the ex. It's always further back from the ex. <laughs> it's never your last ex or the last, because it's like something happened that set up that relationship before they came into my life. Something happened about uh, that gave me a belief about what I deserve to have from love, what's possible to have from love, what people like me get to have, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. Um, how big of a life people, someone like me gets to have, how comfortable in the world someone like me gets to be, you know, those are always how um, the things that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So that's coming into it before we're even looking at like, what is the last experience with the ex or something like that is like what happened with the family of origin it's like um what happened with dad what happened with mom because they're usually our number one and number two or whoever our two primary caregivers are they're our number one and number two that tell us uh whether we're worthy of love and what love should feel like and how people who are committed to each other in love should treat each other so we kind of I want to say, I just went through this where somebody I recently dated was basically like an amalgamation of both of my parents and all the worst aspects of that. And Corey and other friends were like, why are you doing this? Like, we are concerned about you. This is very alarming. And like, you've never acted like this. And I had some incredible breakthroughs. Literally last week, I spent all day Monday just crying. And it was about my what had happened when I grew up. And it was so strange that like, you know, I'd ended up in this situation that was so alarming to other people. And I kept saying, I can't, like, I'm not done. I can't break out of it. Like there's some, I have this need for this person for some reason. And Mm -hmm. it ended up being this massive, like, like getting out of stuff that is, you know, I'm over 50 years old and it's taken, you know, 40 years to like let this kind of stuff out. And so do you, do you do that? Do you see that a lot of times with people? Can you help them to get to that point and see like, wow, this stuff is really, it's not about that person. You're attracted to that person for a reason. And let's get to that reason. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes, you know, everyone's wisdom, your wisdom, Tracy, is sovereign. So if Mm -hmm. I see that happening in your life, I'm going to go, Tracy is a wise person. She is a smart person. She understands what she needs to have. Even if no one else understands why this person is in her life, there's something she's working through with this person. So as long as she's safe in that situation, like she's not being abused in that situation, Mm -hmm. she's not abusing someone else, you know, that kind of a a thing, then I'm going to be here for her and support her through this and be a mirror to her in the gentlest and most honest and Mm -hmm. kindest ways that I can. But she's working through this for a reason. You know, like I never tell people that they need to break up with someone because that never works. 
Hmm. They know they need to break up with them. They know that person's not good for them. They're not, they're not going to go, you know what? You're right. Thank you so much because now <laughs> I'm going to break up with them. <laughs> uh-huh. They yep. do that thing in Harry, when Harry met Sally, where, you know, they're constantly, she's constantly saying, you know, I, I don't think he's ever going to leave her. And so, Sally's always going, you're right. You're, you know, you, no one thinks he's ever going to leave her. And she goes, you're right. You're right. I know you're right. Mm-hmm. And then she just jumps back into it and they still have the same conversation, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, that's what happens. And, People, when they're talking to me, I know where they are if they're in that place because they start missing sessions is one. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is they tell me something, but I know they, they tell me something like they want my advice, but they've already made their decision. And I can tell they've already made their decision. Mm-hmm. So they might be like, um, yeah, so my ex wants to get together for dinner. And I was just thinking, well, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, and birthdays and blah, blah. And I'm just like, you have already told them that you're going to have dinner. <laughs> 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 you know, and so I'll just be like, oh, yes, have dinner. And then we'll talk later. Because usually what happens is they need to have that so that they can mm-hmm. prove to themselves that that person has not changed. So that they can, like people, that's why people go back to an ex is like, they still, I'm not going to prove to them that that person hasn't changed. They need to actually experience this person hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And if it's something else that they're working through in their life, like in your case with you, Tracy, nobody else could have given you that experience. You literally manifested that experience because you were ready to heal that thing from your parents. Hmm. That's how I felt. And like, I, literally, and Corey was, and my other friends were very kind to let me keep going through this but they were all of them were like why why are you keeping to do this why you are suffering so much and it was not until that day of like breakthroughs like Mm -hmm. I'm like I cried my therapist said she has never seen me grieve for this stuff and it it, it, like really it was watershed moment you know and and it's released me from a lot of that right and it's it's not that I don't care about that person anymore but it I'm not suffering for the lack of being with her anymore. You know, she's not, that's not tormenting me. And what was tormenting me was this stuff with, you know, my parents that I couldn't get out. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it was crazy, crazy. And, and you were first even attracted to her because on a subconscious level, whatever that deal was with her felt familiar to you because of your Mm -hmm. parents, but it seemed like chemistry at the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. Yeah, and that's that's always what happens when there's stuff that we still need to heal. We're like, ooh, I don't know what it is, but ooh, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how it is. Like, yes, yes. like ooh, <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like it's this instant thing, and it's like passionate, and it's like, mm, it's exciting, mm. and it feels all juicy right. and yummy, and like exhilarating. <laughs> and then, like later on, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Yes, that may be. I'm not to the oh my god phase yet, but I'm getting close where I'm like, wow. But I see it now. And so that really is taking away the hurt. Like, I feel like, you know, you said earlier talking about, you know, what were these blocks for you? I want you to get out there. I've got a lot of people to refer to you. Like, they, what you have to offer and help people. Like, I've said to people like, yeah, you're going to be sad for a little bit when you start to look at this, but it will free you. It will free you to have deeper, richer relationships. You know, people are so afraid of this work, but like the, what you're doing, and I don't know if the, you know, more traditional, you know, therapy community looks at it like it's woo woo or crazy, but to combine both, you know, like it's incredible. I mean, I hope you really just, get out there and and the world can benefit from what you're saying because I've felt it I've done it and I want to do more of it and it is it really yeah okay so I had a day of just crying and I've had a couple months of my friends thinking I've lost my mind but I'll tell you I've never had such a cathartic experience as last Monday in my entire life you know you you're lighter now you feel lighter mm-hmm. now and like it's you have so access happy now. to more of your spirit you have access to more mm-hmm. of yourself mm-hmm. And the thing like that's so great to remember about that is you manifested that experience because you were ready to heal that thing. And that's what I mean when I say like your wisdom is sovereign. 
you know, I never like get into a situation with someone where I'm like, this is my agenda for what we're going to do. I have like a, a, I've worked with hundreds of women and I have a, a framework of like, this is the, we start with this, we go to this, we go to this, we go to this, but it's adapted for each person. And they are literally leaving it because they're, mm-hmm. we're going, okay, at the beginning of every session, we're testing what I know what my healing priority is today. Okay. If they get a yes on that, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. if they get a no on that, we test Carissa knows what my healing priority is today. And if they get a yes on that, I'm like, cool. May I suggest <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> maybe we look at this thing or that thing, you know, but it's really like, I, I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that that happened for you because there are some things that we can only heal through having that kind of an experience. Mm-hmm. There are some things we can only heal in relationship. And sometimes it's that thing of like, oh, this is a thing with my parents. There's a familiarity here because there are similarities between this, how this love felt and how this love feels. And I need to grieve. Okay. And I'm going to allow myself to grieve. Okay, now I'm letting myself grieve. And that doesn't mean like, okay, great. So now this person, man, this person are done. Thank you, helpful person. Right. <laughs> 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 you know? Bye-bye. You know, it's like, right. okay, I did this part that I need to do. But it's like, I got a lot of that out. And now I'm continuing to heal. It's always the thing of like, we're never 100% healed from the past but we don't need to be. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be. We do not need to be 100% healed from the mm-hmm. past to be worthy of, of deeply satisfying, healthy love. Wow. So you, you talked about that, you know, Tracy manifested this person to come in right when she needed to kind of heal these wounds. You know, can you talk a little bit more about like how manifesting might show up for people as they're looking for love, like maybe law of attraction. I know a lot of people talk about that. I mean, how does this stuff kind of inter- intermix with what we've been talking about? Yeah. So law of attraction is this kind of thing. It's like one of the 12 universal laws that like got the best PR, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I looked up the other 11 the other day and I was like, these are good. These I didn't even know there two. were. Right. I'm like, yeah. why are these not publicized? Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't each one of these have its own movie? Right. They're all, <laughs> They're all secrets. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> it'd have to be like the secret, and then it would have to be like the special confidential <laughs> file, right? Which is, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Some take on all it. these different names, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the thing about the law of attraction is that it's really like what I'm, it's not I'm going to get more of what I want. It's I'm going to get more of what I focus on, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is a distinction. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's what we focus on increases in our lives. And mm-hmm. when we are coming from a place where we feel wounds from our past that are still with us, whether it's a relationship, you know, with, uh, that, that, that ended or whether it's stuff from our family of origin or whether it's things that are, um, ancestral, right? If we're coming in, if, if that's the dominant sort of vibration that we're in, which is like the world is not safe for me. Love is scarce. Um, you know, whatever those thoughts are, we're going to be focused on that. And we're going to see a lot of self-confirming evidence of that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you buy a new car and then everybody has that car. You're like, yeah. everywhere you go, you're like, oh my God, everybody has a Prius. It's that thing where we have the, the our reticular activating system, which is the, the kind of series of different parts of our brain that are responsible for selective attention. So it's mm-hmm. like, as soon as we tell it, this is important, this matters to me this, me personally, it goes, great, I'll show you all the examples of that. I will highlight them in real time, in reality, all around us. Mm-hmm. So if what we're giving it is like, love is scary, it's like, okay, great, let's look at examples of how love is scary. Mm-hmm. And we're like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a shortage of, of eligible partners. Okay, great. Let's look at all the examples of shortage of eligible partners. Mm-hmm. And then our subconscious mind goes, Oh, I've got some memories I can pull up. Also, if you want to look at some, if you want to have some background and flashbacks, <laughs> I can add back to this movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, so we're just constantly kind of like focusing on that thing. And we're not, it's so hard to get people to, to then shift their focus to what's possible 
what they want and how that could feel, you know. Um, but we're going to be manifesting because of the law of attraction by default all the time. Mm -hmm. So we can either manifest intentionally or we can manifest by default, mm -hmm. you know, which is like, it's, it's so much harder to manifest intentionally if we have the weight of all these wounds, because it mm -hmm. feels like somebody just constantly telling us to be positive while all of our fire alarm bells are going off. Mm -hmm. Right. Going like, ignore your fire alarm bells and just, you know, just get yourself out there more. Think more positively. <laughs> like that's right. Not, I feel like I'm going to die if I go out there. Literally, it feels in my body like I'm going to die, right? It's like mm -hmm. that's how we feel when we're, right. when we've got that behind us, that pain and that fear behind us, like pushing everything. So it's like when we heal those things, we actually just make it easier for the law of attraction to do what it was already doing, which is to bring, because we're telling ourselves, I am worthy of love. And we're going, oh, look at all these examples of other people who are worthy of love. Look at all these times when someone actually offered help and I didn't have to ask. You know, look at all the other kinds of love that are already in my life right now. This is so great. I, you know, it's like, <laughs> I love my friends. You know? right. It's like all these things happen. When we feel that, when we clear that, it's like we make space to see the good that's there. And then we're focused more on that and we're letting the law of attraction do its thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's how it kind of intersects with dating. It's one of the reasons why I literally tell people, like, do not get on dating apps. Do not date while you are doing your healing work. Give yourself one or two months to just do your healing, to just do a chunk of healing and just be focused on that. And then go back into it with new energy if you want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, like the three ways, this is like how the law of attraction is so insane. We always try to think about how something's going to happen for us. And the law of attraction does not. It's like, I got that. You just worry about feeling like you deserve to have it. You just think about how it's going to feel when it comes. Mm -hmm. You just get a clear picture of what you want it to be. I've got the how. Like, stop trying to do that. Mm -hmm. But we don't because we, with love, we're used to doing, we're used to like hustling in other areas of our life. But with love, you don't make it happen. You make it welcome. Mm -hmm. So that's so like a shift for us. We had an episode, um, where we talked about like the annoying things that people say to you when you're like have a breakup and one's like to get over this is my best friend's favorite one get over someone else get under somebody else and so I'd assume like you you would say that's not great advice is that right <laughs> when going to look for new love and dating just to do it because you're bringing like a certain mm. the reason you're doing that and that I've never done that and I say because then I'm just it's like I'm acting out of bad energy or I'm acting like I don't, why do I want to draw in somebody in a kind of, like, then I'm not healing myself. I'm letting, like, I'm using them in a, in a way, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> it's, I, I'm glad that facial expressions don't translate on a podcast. Because, like, <laughs> the thing about, I, I understand what is, um, I understand people wanting to help their friends and other people that they love um, to to uh, have relief from pain, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and and that sometimes some distractions can be healthy, right? But taking that heartbreak and going right into something else, you're just going to attract someone into your life who brings more for you to grieve about. Because mm -hmm. that's the energy that you're in, mm -hmm. you know, so you're going to bring somebody in that is actually going to, you know, if you have a grief wound and you don't, you don't let that heal before you go into a relationship, you're going to attract people who give you more to grieve about. If you have a shame wound, mm -hmm. you're going to attract people who mm -hmm. also are carrying a lot of shame. If you have, you know, a, um, a, a wound that has to do with uh, confusion and just kind of always going into things without ever having closure from the past or ever getting any, any um, uh, self-reflection out of it and right. insights or breakthroughs for yourself, you're going to keep attracting these situations where it's like you have more and more stuff to figure out. My grandma used to always say, never pray for strength. If you pray for strength, God is going to send you things to test that muscle, to make you stronger. Huh. Mm. So he would be like, don't ever pray for strength. 
She huh. she would say, never pray for strength, baby. Pray for understanding. Huh. <laughs> oh, like, okay. Wow. <laughs> that <makes a> <laughs> you know? That's so interesting, right? Because that is the, you're attracting it. But if you, that's interesting, right? Like yeah. if you ask for that, you're going to be tested on it. Yeah, because it's like you're saying, I want to hmm. be stronger. Okay, here are things that Let will me make give you stronger. You right, right. <laughs> put you in those positions. But you have to be stronger. So there's your thing. Hmm. It's like one of the ways that I think about being here is I think about this as kind of like one of my um, healing mentors would always talk about earth school. So she'd be like, there are things you came here to learn, right? And hmm. before you came here, it sounded like a good idea to learn those things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you weren't subject to the vibrations of pain and fear and the other things that are here, you know, hmm. and because your soul knew it was eternal. So it was like, yeah, I'll go down there and whatever. I might get some knocks and bumps and bruises or whatever, but I'm going to learn some things that will be important for the evolution of my soul. So it's like, OK, so now we're here. I am for strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? and Getting tested left and right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, the, the, that thing of how do I move on? A lot of times people are trying to protect us from doing that deep work because it's painful for them to watch. It reminds them of the deep work that they're trying to avoid doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a thing mm-hmm. of, of people being like, it's like you, if you have a friend who you can just sit next to and you can cry and they'll just put their arm around you and not say anything to you, that is a beautiful thing. They're not bringing any agenda to that except to comfort you. They're not trying to make you feel better because your distress is distressing to them. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we, they're letting Corey you work and through I, what you're working through. Yeah, Corey and I had that and my situation was triggering an old thing from her. And at one point I said, well, maybe I just shouldn't talk about it to you. And she goes, no, no, I'll, I'm just going to be supportive, you know? And I could tell the stuff I was saying was triggering to her. But once she said that, then she was able to like, it didn't bother her as much. Like the emotion like kind yeah. of dissipated and that actually helped me. Like I had to keep going through it as annoying as it was like to get to that point where I figured out why I was there. And, you know, a couple of people have said to both me and Corey recently, like you make these decisions before you come here and then you come to this earth. And then it's like, Oh my God, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I want to learn this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when, and this is what I say to everybody, because my friends are like, maybe if you didn't process so much in my best friend it's like maybe if you didn't like think about this so much you'd be happier and I said but I like right now I'm in a period of real happiness but I couldn't do that until I worked through that stuff and I feel like there's a kind of people that want to push stuff to the side and not deal with it and then the people who deal with it and it looks kind of ugly it looks painful but then you do I truly feel like my 52 year old self is such a better person than my 32 year old self and much happier even though I probably looked pretty happy when I was 32, but I know internally I'm just such a happier, deeper feeling person. Well, yeah, because you have access to more parts of yourself and because you have wisdom that you didn't have when you were in your thirties. You know, it's like, the work that you do of going, um, I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to try to numb this feeling, even though it sucks. I'm going to let this grief come up. It's obviously important. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to let, I'm going to let this grief know that it can be here. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to make space for it. I'm going to meet it every day till it doesn't feel like it needs to be here as strongly. You know, I'm just going to show up and sit with this. You know, it's like, when we do those things, my my best friend went through a period of like about three months after her dad died where she realized she hadn't um, been connected to her emotions, deeper feelings for years and years and years and years. So she cried for big chunks of the day on and off for like three months because she had all these like blocks of emotion frozen in her energy. And when she was able to finally like get those things out, so much changed for her. She felt lighter. She felt like 
she could sleep better, just like all of these different things for her, where it was like the world felt different and she felt different in it. Mm. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, Carissa, I know we have, God, we, should, we could just talk to you all day. Yes. Um, yeah. This has been so enlightening. I, I mean, maybe we'll just turn it over to you, you know, as, as you're talking, you know, this conversation a lot about like kind of self-healing and some of those things that you do, you know, kind of finding that love within and, you know, what kinds of, what kinds of, uh, I don't know if I want to say advice or recommendations or where can our listeners start? Like where, where, what would you recommend for them? And then, and then how might you play a role in that? Or, you know, what kind of resources do you offer? So kind of twofold, like what in general might you recommend? And then, you know, how are you, you know, maybe offering your help or assistance? Sure. Well, the first thing that I would recommend that people do is to just Really understand that it's not about making love happen. It's about making love look. And we're so, when we can get that into our minds of like, oh, I don't have to put myself out there more. I, there's not, I don't have to try to figure out how I'm going to meet someone or, you know, those things. It's like we, we take, we free up so much of our emotional bandwidth just by understanding that that's just not how love operates. So we don't need to do that. And that's kind of the first thing. And the second thing is going, okay. Is it possible that I have things that I need to heal? And one of the ways that we can look at that is go, what were my last few relations? What are the uh, kind of patterns that I can recommend that I can recognize from my last few relationships? Did they all end in betrayal? Did, were they all with a certain type of person? Uh, did I find that in every single one of them, I was sort of making myself smaller, not take up as much space? You know, and just looking at things and going, is there a pattern in my past that I can look at? And then if you recognize that that's going on, now you go, okay, great. Now I'm in a place where I can heal that. You know, um, part of what I do is that I help people to recognize these five wounds that we get from breaking up, which are, um, they have to do with shame. They have to do with confusion. They have to do with fear. They have to do with um, grief. Uh, and they have to do, uh, it's so funny because every time I'm describing these, I'm always like, you're going to, you're not going to figure out, you're, you're not going to get one of them. Uh, um, anger. <laughs> <laughs> so anger is the fifth one. And sometimes anger will show up as grief because of, uh, patriarchy and because of, of people being really afraid of women's anger. So it's like safer for us to show our sadness than it is for us mm-hmm. to show our anger, even though our anger is righteous. Um, so it's like, I help people recognize these wounds and heal them because it's a great place to start. And part of, of doing that uh, is that they can go to um, theheartachecure.com, which is where uh, they can download a free ebook that shows them what those wounds are, how to recognize them and those kinds of things. Um, so that's sort of the beginning of it. Um, and the deeper work that I do is, you know, I do that, I do that with clients really often. Um, very frequently, my clients are like high achieving women who have not really uh, given themselves sort of the space to have love. They're like, they're trying to make it happen. And they're kind of like, um, they're wondering why they keep having the same result over and over and over again. And they're like, I'm really smart. I'm really well accomplished. I do all these things in all these other areas of my life what the heck is going on mm-hmm, <laughs> where my mm-hmm. life is concerned, you know? And so um a lot of times I start with a conversation with them about what their love life looks like right now, what they would like it to be like. And we start mm-hmm. by kind of identifying what some of those patterns are and how we can heal them. Um And we do that. If they go to anyone who would like to do that, we can go to soullovesession.com and have a chat about that and what that looks like for you. Um, but yeah, the beginning of everything is healing because it's like we, this, the whole thing is a journey to our, our strongest sense of self. It's a, it's a love. It's having a, the deepest love that we can have for ourselves. You know, it's like, it's the, it, it's giving our, all of our pieces of having all of the pieces of us back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I am so grateful we got to be connected with you and we're able to to have this just amazing talk. And our listeners, I know, are going to benefit from it. I know Tracy's already like 
writing down your website information and everything. Yes. Um, and so um, what we can do is for our listeners, we'll put some information in the show notes that we'll get um, anything that Crystal wants to share with us. We'll make sure that we have that available. And, um, but again, thank you so much again for being on with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. All right, (laughs) folks. Well, until we uh, get a chance to be on with you again, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.